Hello, and welcome to a special Christmas edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on December 25th, Christmas Day 2020, as we read from John's Gospel, Chapter 1, Selected Verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, 2020. There were so many expectations for this year. In fact, I know of a few organizations who planned to capitalize on the pun 2020 vision to set their plans for the foreseeable future. Well, that didn't work out so well, did it? Whatever plans anyone got down for this year or beyond had to be scrapped and reworked pretty quickly. This was supposed to be an Olympics year. There were supposed to be graduation and wedding ceremonies that had to be canceled or postponed. A year of expectation turned into a year of disappointment. And with only six days left, we may very well look back and ask, that's it? Disappointment doesn't always have to be so profound or so global. Sometimes it's much more petty and it hits closer to home. How many children were disappointed in their gifts this year? Maybe there weren't as many presents because there weren't as many parties. Maybe they had been eyeing up that big, brightly wrapped package under the tree for weeks, only to open it up and find out that it wasn't what they had hoped for or wanted. Depending on their age, they may have been too ashamed to say it out loud, but internally they wondered, that's it? That's all I'm getting? There was so much excitement and anticipation leading up to that first Christmas, too. We heard all about it last night. In Genesis, God promised to send a hero to crush the head of our greatest enemy, the devil. In Isaiah, God promised to send a healer to reverse the curse of Adam and Eve and restore peace to the earth. In Micah, God promised to send a ruler whose greatness would be global and extend to the ends of the earth. Even our gospel lesson for this morning establishes pretty high expectations. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then John punctuates the built-up expectations we have for Jesus by saying, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's some high praise for Jesus. He's called the Word here. And John says that he was God from the beginning. We heard it from Dave Korfman last night as he read Micah's prophecy. His origins are from of old, from ancient times. Jesus is the eternal Son of God who existed long before the woman who gave birth to him was ever born herself. Through Jesus, all things were made. When we read Genesis, we, we heard that the, the creative process was simply that God spoke and something sprang into existence. God says, let there be light, and there was light. In John, we hear that Jesus is the Word of God. He was the operative force in creation, which means that Jesus is not only eternal, but he's all-powerful and all-knowing. He is the creator and the giver of life. That is a glorious God who deserves our thanks and praise. But John tells us he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Imagine the potential letdown of being told by angels from heaven that the long-promised serpent crusher, the curse reverser, the globally great, eternal, all-powerful, life-giving Savior God had just been born, but when you search for him, all you find is a helpless baby in a feeding trough. No down duvet to comfort him, just a manger full of hay. No servants to attend him, just livestock lying nearby. You would never expect the creator of all that is and all that will be to need nine months of gestation and growth in the belly of his mother. You would never expect the giver of life to be connected to his life source by a slender, spongy umbilical cord. If you were looking for glory, you'd go to Jerusalem, not Bethlehem. If you were looking for majesty, you'd go to a palace, not a manger. And if, if you were ready to dismiss his birthplace as a matter of mere accidents or circumstance, and, and you were carefully watching to see what kind of man he'd grow up to be, Imagine the disappointment of finding the word of God who spoke all things into existence with the breath of his mouth needing to pull a draw knife on a sawhorse just to make a table leg straight. Imagine a man whose own hometown friends and neighbors so thoroughly rejected him that they were ready to throw him off a cliff. Imagine a man who was supposed to save the world but couldn't even save himself from dying on a cross. Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. I imagine there were a lot of people 
who heard the rumors about Jesus, but then took one look at him and asked, that's it? Do you ever feel that way? If God has all this power and majesty and glory, if, if Jesus is all he's cracked up to be, then, then where was he in 2020? Where was he when my relationship fell apart? Where was he when my friend got sick and died? Where was Jesus during the national, natural disasters and the national unrest? Is this it? Is this all that Jesus is cracked up to be? And suddenly, we're transported back to the Christmas tree of our childhood. And the disappointment that you just can't hide from your face as you open a gift you had such great expectations for, but were so let down by. Have you ever been on the other side of that exchange? You give someone a gift you spent hours working on or for only to see the joy escape their eyes when they see it for the first time. It's heart-wrenching, isn't it? it? It's a horrible feeling. Imagine how God felt then when his son wasn't recognized by the world he created. This is the son God loves. This is the son our Father in heaven spent eternity with. They worked side by side at the creation of the world. They appeared to Abraham and promised to make him into a great nation. They brought the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. Together they received praise and glory from Solomon's temple for thousands of years. And now, when God gives his precious child to the world, the world sets him aside like a gift unwanted. It's the gifts we spend the most time and effort on that hurt the most when they're unwanted. God wasn't just sacrificing his own son when he sent Jesus to be born at Christmas. That would have been hard enough, but he was also giving you his heart. But God knew all this. He knew our pettiness and selfishness. He knew our forgetfulness and ungratefulness. And he gave us Jesus anyway. And in that way, God showed us the kind of giver he is. And at Christmas, he gave us the greatest gift of all. John says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's God's grace in action. Even though we didn't choose him, even though sometimes we treat him like the unwanted or forgotten gift, he chose us. It was his will that we become his children, and he made it happen. We weren't born into his family. He called us through his word and adopted us through the waters of baptism. We weren't deserving of his love or perfect in our lives, but he washed us clean when he gave us his son to be our brother. John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. By virtue of his birth at Christmas, Jesus became one of us, not just like us, but one of us, a human in flesh and blood. 
That means he understands what we go through in life. He can commiserate with our disappointments and sympathize with our pain because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is not cold and distant. By virtue of his incarnation, he is immediate and intimate. His isn't a heart of steel or stone. It's one that bled, not just with blood, but with love for you. That's why Jesus was born and took on flesh so that he could live and die for you. The manger scene may not have looked glorious on Christmas night. The scene at the foot of the cross did not look glorious on Good Friday either, but that's exactly where we have seen his glory. That's where the gift God gives us at Christmas proved to be the greatest of all time, because there on that cross, Jesus did crush the head of the serpent. There on that cross, Jesus reversed the curse of Adam and Eve and brought peace to the earth. There from the cross, Jesus' greatness has extended to the end of the earth to the degree that we, half a world and 2,000 years away, are still rejoicing at the greatest gift ever given. God gave you his Son to be your Savior. He took on human flesh and blood and entered his own creation so that he could die to save it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us for a little while here so that we could dwell with him forever in heaven. This Christmas, when you look at the manger, I want you to see God's gift to you. Humanly speaking, that gift looks small. He looks fragile, maybe even a little dirty or disappointing. But after hearing what John tells us here, I pray you don't look at that gift and say, that's it. Rather, look at this gift and say, that's it. That's what I need. That's God showing his love to me. That's God keeping his promises for me. That is quite a gift. That is the greatest gift. Amen.